Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you stumble into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Daniel, how's it going? It was a little high pitched there, wasn't I? Wow, it sure was. Hi, Julie. How are you today? <laughs> oh, well, you're making all kinds of sounds. Now, I know, right? You? Wow, you must be so, excited. Your what is your f- Patriots are playing today? Yeah, Patriots are playing. Whatever. They got a new quarterback. They're over on oh. the TV. They're ahead. They're beating the Dolphins. Mm. Eh, whatever. Mm. I don't know. They they could be losing now. Who they knows? could be losing. We'll find Who knows? Out. The only person that has scored from the Patriots today is the quarterback. He actually ran it in himself. We actually have a quarterback that can run now. I would still rather have the greatest of all time, Thomas Brady. Why are we talking about Thomas Brady now? Do you know if I actually had a child? Yes, we've talked about that. We would have named him Brady. Brady Thomas. Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. See... I actually like the name Brady, and I like the name Thomas. Because that would have been an homage to my brother. Yeah. So, anyway. Well. How's it going? It's going. Guess where I went yesterday. I know where you went yesterday. Oh, that's right. You were with me. Uh, Who wears pants to the beach? I wore pants to the beach. I was very stylish. I cuffed them up above the knee. I had my sandals on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. you look stylish, all right. I look. Excuse me. But wow. <laughs> Tired. Are we boring you today, Julie? You're not boring me today. I'm, I'm just, not boring you today. I, maybe I need to drink more of my coffee right now. Mm. Mm. I am hesitant. It's three o'clock, and you know what happens. You're drinking a coffee right now? I just took a sip of it. Oh, wow. After three? Yeah, I'm going to be up all night again. She's going to be up all night long, and it's going to be my fault. Well, you should wear your CPAP machine. (laughs) I'll wear it tonight for you. How's that? Yeah. uh, You know, listeners, he has been wearing it. I will wear it for myself and my health. Oh, good one. Good one. Because that's all you can do. So. So I'm proud of you for wearing it for your health. And myself. And yourself. <laughs> I'm happy for me, though. You're happy for you? It doesn't you... matter whether I wear it or not. You're you're getting less than four hours of sleep a night. Yeah. I see the data in the morning because she shows me the data because she like... wears her watch. Maybe maybe the watch is keeping you up. No, the watch is not keeping me up. Could you know what's mag- keeping me it up? It could be magnetic. No, it's that dog because he, look at him. He's sleeping oh. soundly right now. But he, he is... gets up and he's like, I'm going to get a drink of water. And mm. then he comes back on the bed, and then he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to scratch this spot right here. 
oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, I want to go under the covers. And then he comes and he like sits and he stares at me. And you know what it is to wake up mm. in the middle of the night and then see someone staring at you and you're just like, Ugh, fine, go. So do you always have a hard time sleeping even when you were like a teenager? I don't think I had a hard time sleeping. I mean, I, I got some great naps in class. <laughs> wow. If the it, first of class. all, if it was boring and you as a teacher did not keep my attention, <clears throat> Mr. Ferry. Wow. That's it was, this is the second podcast you've actually attacked that teacher. I have not attacked him. I have just He's probably not even in this mortal coil anymore. I am not attacking him. I am just saying He's that... supposed to speak kindly of the dead. I don't know if he's dead. He might be. Well, first of all, if he's dead, then he obviously made an impact on me. Good for him in changing lives. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lasting impact. The fact that you're still talking about him. That's right. <clears throat> years later. He impacted me, and I'm still talking about him. I didn't want to see how many years it's been, but whatever. Over 30. I just had my 30th. 30th? Yes, 30th. Reunion. Actually, that was a year ago that you had your 30th reunion. Right, right, right. Oh, that makes it 32 for me. Boy, Mm -hmm. oh boy, time stands still for no one. For nobody. For nobody. Nobody at all. Listen, let's not be boring. I just want to say, yesterday, when we were out and about in our jaunt, we were in our uh, little jaunt. We went to Mystic, Connecticut for brunch, which is a meal that I love. I love brunch. So fun to be out. Anyway. She had muscles. I had muscles. So and a the, Bloody Mary. So the waitress comes up. <laughs> With our food. Yes, this is <laughs> this classic. Little, this teenage girl comes up with her mask on. We have our masks on. She comes up and she goes, muscles? I go, thanks for noticing. And I looked at him Crickets. with a blank look. Crickets. And she is looking at me, she, looking at she's him. She's like, yeah, muscles. I'm like, yeah. I said, I oh, said, they're for me. Thanks for noticing. And then I realized he was making a joke. And, and then... Julie realized that I made a joke, so I explained the joke to Julie. No, you didn't explain it. I I said, I said, I I said to Julie, I'm like, I said, thanks for muscles. I I said, thanks for noticing. Yes. And and then I I turned to the witch. I said, because you said muscles. And I'm like rolling my eyes, just like I am right now. I put my arms on and went, thanks for noticing. And she's but, and then, and then I, she chuckled. No, she didn't chuckle. I actually looked at her and said, He's and, trying to make a joke about having yeah. muscles. And she's like, and, Uh-huh, okay, thanks. Here no, are your here's your chuckled, food. She chuckled. She chuckled. Hands. Sure, why not? She was giving you yeah. a sympathy chuckle because you are old I enough know. to be her grandfather. Grandfather? Well, you know. I am I am old enough to be your grandfather. Because <laughs> you're almost fifty and I'm some people forty eight. 48. I will be 49 soon. And, oh, your birthday month is coming up. My birthday month is next month. But you don't celebrate a birthday month. You celebrate a birthday. I celebrate one day. That's right. 
in that day. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Hey, have we talked about the Enneagram? Last year, I didn't even get a day. Have we? What do you mean? You weren't even here. I said, don't oh, worry. Oh, we talked about it last week. Talked about what last week? Where I was last week. I was at the um, Celtic Colors Festival in Nova Scotia. Oh, that's when you were away during mm-hmm. my birthday. <laughs> anyway. I was away for your birthday. It was fantastic. I think mm-hmm. that this year we should do something special for my birthday. Such as? I don't know. Make me a vegetarian lasagna. I don't need to wait for your birthday to make you a vegetarian lasagna. Okay. Although you, you've you been sort of um, partaking in animals. Eggs. And cheese. And cheese, yeah. Okay, well. What of? It's true. Listen, did you know that I am a seven? You're an eight, baby. I'm just an eight to you. I should be a 10 to you, first of all. Oh, my gosh. I was just trying to help you by one number. I mean, you're a 10, Bo Derek. Okay. Old man. Who's going to get the Bo Derek? What is our demographic, by the way? Our demographic? Yeah. It's about our age. I was hoping. I don't know. We have some hip listeners out there. You know what? For people that haven't given us a review... Go and tell us what your demographic is. Go into the is. review. Tell us what your dem is. Mm-hmm. Your dem? Your dem. I was shortening it. I thought I was being hip. Well, when you say dem, most people oh, when think you Democrats. Say, and when you say hip, it makes you sound old, too. Yes. Because I remember my mom used to say hep. Hep? Oh, Lord. Yo. Yo. I, she never said yo. yo. I'm hep. Mm-hmm. Then it's hip. Mm-hmm. So, actually, go and give us a review. We haven't uh, seen many reviews lately. Go and leave a review. Please give us a review. Tell it means the world to us. And you know why it would mean the world? If you don't want to say your age, don't worry don't about it. Don't say your age. But you know why it would mean the world to us? Tell us whether you're a Gen Xer, a Gen Z, a Gen Y, a boomer. Tell okay, us what boomer. gen you are. I am a seven, which in the Enneagram world means that I am extroverted, optimistic, versatile, spontaneous, playful, high-spirited, practical, Focus, appreciative, and satisfied. You're satisfied? According to being a seven in the Enneagram. Wow. I No, that's wrong. It's wrong. You are nearly always unsatisfied. <laughs> You're satisfied for a minute, and then you want more. That's right. That's a good thing. That's a, that's a, that's, that is a entrepreneurial trait see that's why i think that when i took my enneagram test the first time Hmm. i was the achiever and then it told me that i am a seven which i forget what the seven see i am i am often satisfied too easily Hmm. that's why you have me please That's why you have me. That's why I have you. Oh, boy. Okay, wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Which one do you think you are? Let's just go over quickly through these. Why don't we do it after the interview? Okay. Because we need to get to our guest because this is a great guest today. She's phenomenal. I love her. And I know we were talking about your teen years just a little bit. Sure. If we can get on to our guest, 
I think we should do that. Okay, so we'll talk about the Enneagram after. Enneagram The interview. So tune in after, and we can do an Enneagram. I'll guess what I am, and Mm -hmm. she'll help me. Anyway, our podcast guest this week is amazing. Her name is Jodi Amon. She's a, she's been a psychotherapist for 24 years. Jody has helped individuals, couples, and families around the world break down the hold of negative experiences, break free of suffering, and step into a harmonious and loving life. Hmm. Jody has taught at conferences and schools and universities. Plus, she trains counselors, therapists, and psychologists in spiritual psychology, narrative therapy, and activating their intuition. Not only that, but as a mom, she understands what it is like to raise little humans. Mm -hmm. She even recently released a new book on how to handle anxiety with teens. You can find the book on Amazon. It is called Anxiety. I'm so done with you. A teen's guide to ditching toxic stress and hardwiring your brain for happiness. If I were a teen, I would say, anxiety, I'm so done with you. No, you put the sigh in first. Yeah. Not so much a sigh, but like, ugh, anxiety. Ugh. I'm so done with you. But you're not a teen, and you still put that in. Mm. But anyway. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Great. So, Looks like a... Uh, she's phenomenal. She's yes. got a great TED Talk, too. So after yes. you listen to this, if you want to hear more about Jody, you can actually check out her TED Talk. But this conversation mm-hmm. is really fun. We talk about anxiety and we talk about mindfulness and the kind of right mindset that you need in order to live happy mm-hmm. and have wise um, wisdom and in gonna, world. And we're going to put a couple links in there. And, and we're also going to include a YouTube link for uh, for Jody um, called Practical Miracles. That's right. Yes. And uh, Anyhow, without further ado, that's my line. Jody Amen. Uh, Took too long for you to say it, dude. Sorry. Jody Amen. Enjoy the interview. I am so excited you're here. You are, uh, Jody. I really admire some of the work that you're doing. Oh, uh, for you. for many different reasons. I don't know if, if this is something that I I have um on any of my platforms or media or or you know wherever. But I actually work with middle school students, and I I don't have any children, but middle school students have a special place in my heart. High school students, I've always volunteered uh, in different groups. So the work that you're doing is phenomenal for teens because Thank in you. this day and age, even pre-COVID, right, we live in a in an environment in which teens have uh, more to struggle today than we did. And and I think that your work it, it really speaks to um, something that I want to highlight, and I want to definitely let people know you and get to know you. So why don't you introduce yourself? Because I can read your bio, but I think that people will like to hear from you who you are, Jody, and what you do. Great. Thank you. So I'm a family therapist. I've been doing it for 25 years. So working with all ages, kids, teens, adults, couples, 
And I love families. I do love families, mm. all kinds of families. I see, you know, families could be in all kinds of uh, configurations, but I love teens. You know, they have so much potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's really exciting is that in the beginning of my career, I worked with a lot of teens who now are bringing me their kids. So that, that's a, such a compliment. That is a compliment. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So they remembered me because, you know, you don't remember, even if you go to a therapist for, you know, four months or something when you were young mm-hmm. and you get better to remember that person, yep. you know, they, they must have really made an impact. And so that really touches my heart. But I think that my belief in people really helps them move uh, to transformation faster. So uh, I, so I've been a therapist that long, you know, I have my own kids. My youngest is Mm -hmm. 16. So I raised uh, a 28 year old and a 20 year old. And then my daughter's still home, two boys, two older boys and my daughter's 16. And so I totally get it all as a, from a parent's perspective. I remember my teenage time, I went through such emotional turmoil and a lot of problems when I was a teenager. And so I think that led me to this work. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an architect and I switched when I really saw that pain and the connections with other people and pain and how people could lift each other up together. And I wanted to dedicate my life. I never looked back uh, since college. So here I am still loving what I do. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I had my own experience with anxiety. It started when I was five Mm -hmm. years old and I cured myself in my twenties. And so I, I teach my clients that. I have mm. my first book is You Want Anxiety Zero. So that's for all ages and people love that. Really love that. It's, it's different than other anxiety books. And then now I just created this book for teenagers, Anxiety, I'm So Done With You. So yeah, Ooh. so I have online programs, personal development programs for teens and adults and parents. And so I'm really trying to spread the word, word on how to think about our mm-hmm. emotional wellness in a way that helps us get better. Absolutely. I don't think a lot of people are doing that. No, a lot of people are not. Over the course of a few years, I've worked for an educational company. I helped to develop programs. We did a lot of training for parents. And I love delivering some of the parent workshops because I think that there's so much content out there. And when it comes to being able to support your child, whether it be emotionally, psychologically, and educationally, and now, you know, parents are taking on an extra aspect of that you really want to be able to have some very good tangible tools on how to be able to support your child and uh, it, it's important so I in in seeking to better my skills and what I can provide not only for the teachers and the programs that we were providing to administrators teachers and parents I went ahead and I got my certification on social emotional learning facilitator and I am a firm believer that uh, social emotional learning has to be part of the conversation because there's so many kids suffering from anxiety Anxiety. There, there are so many um, tools that they can then uh, avail themselves of and how to be able to deal with some of the 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 trauma, I think, that in, in essence, some of them are, are dealing with. And the, and the kids who um, nowadays are spending five, six, seven hours gaming, they're not learning how to be able to uh, deal with their emotions and look into them. Would you would you agree with that? I would agree, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, I have um, I have two comprehensive parenting courses on a platform called Tilio, um, and which is now ninety nine cents a month. So you know, you want to go get that to 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 subscribe and get all. Yeah, we're going to put that we're going to put that in the show notes because I think that would be great. 
personal development content. Mm-hmm. I also have courses um, on my own in my own mm-hmm. uh, places too, but Tilio is a great place because you um, you get so much for so. It's like the personal development Netflix. Oh, um, I like it. That's right up my alley. Yeah, I need a, another, another platform that I got to I got to go into. But I I, yeah. I think that the content that sometimes is available is, is so extensive that people don't necessarily know what um, they should adopt. And if if parents are struggling right with their their children, and I, I don't I, I don't want to say students because I'm not in that arena right now. But mm-hmm. if they're dealing with their kids that they know they are experiencing anxiety, what are some of the things that you would first walk them through? Mm, well, uh, well, I, you know, it's hard because I right away, I'm curious about, cause there's context to anxiety, right? right? So if we, if we take the anxiety out of the context, we miss a lot of what might help them feel better because sometimes the context is not in alignment or there's something happening, you know, so a lot of kids come and have anxiety and their parents want them to learn coping skills, but they're being bullied. Right. And, and so that has to be addressed or we can't mm-hmm. really go forward. You know, there's always a context for this, these emotions. And so we have to find out what it is. I had a client who felt really powerless at her dad's house because her stepmom was really uh, controlling. Mm-hmm. And so we could, we could give her, we could teach, you know, breathing techniques, right. or we could teach her how to feel empowered or how to find her personal agency, even within that context. And that is, makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know, most people have anxiety because they think they can't handle things. That's what yep. anxiety is. It's a liar. Mm-hmm. It tells you you can't handle things. And people are so adaptive. Kids, adults, every age, mm. humans are built. Our brains evolved to be adaptive. Right. But and I think that, that. We, we don't know that. And I think that yeah. it's it's a matter of we believe the stories we tell ourselves and mm-hmm. we believe that feeling fear, although the initial fear is really our brain is trying to protect us. The fear is something that we can get past to really be able to um, adapt and, and create systems, right, that help us cope and, and, and move past. I know a lot of people in working with women that either – tend to go into a depression because they're really focused on their past and really focused on failures or really focused on the what ifs and in places. And then I, I also see the women that are, are really struggling to function day in and day out because they're so focused on the future, but they're not taking tangible steps to move forward. Right. Um, exactly. And, and I think that that's, that's very important. Jody, you mentioned that you suffer from anxiety. Tell us a little bit about, um, how did you become to have become, uh, so, um, to the place that you are now and you're more confident and make that connection for our listeners. How do you go from someone that's suffering anxiety in early age? And then now you, you are in television, you're writing books, you're doing trainings, you're at a Ted talk, which by the way, is an excellent, uh, excellent oh, talk. Thank so you. I My love text- it. Thank Your you. TEDx Everyone can go listen to my TEDx Wilmington talk. Just Google yep. or search uh, yep. Jody Eamon TEDx and find it. It's it's for about about how to help anxious kids. So, uh, well, you know, when I finally decided, when I finally learned that, and I tell the story in my book, but when I finally realized that I learned anxiety, that it mm-hmm. wasn't just something innate in me, mm-hmm. I realized that I learned it 
then I decided that I probably could unlearn it if I learned it. Right. And so I made that commitment to doing it. This is in my mid twenties. I made this commitment to figuring it out and, and getting rid of it because, you know, my partner deserved it. My kid deserved it. You know, I, I deserve mm-hmm. to make myself better so that I could be better in the world. You know, when you have anxiety, you really can't change the world. You really can't help people. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. So I dedicated myself to figuring it out and I figured out these six steps. And so this is what I do teach in my, uh, when I speak in my books, in my programs. And these are the six steps. One is understand it biologically, really Mm -hmm. understanding anxiety. It's such a mystery. And that mystery gives it a lot of power. Mm -hmm. So even this one step, I feel like cures people 50% of the people or 50% of the anxiety because just understanding it uh, really takes away a lot of the negative self-judgment that holds us onto it. So the first step is understand it biologically. The second step is learn the lies that it tells. You know, anxiety is such a bully. It's such a liar. It's a liar. And and they sound so logical. Right. So you really have to deconstruct these lies so that you could see them coming and don't believe them anymore. And that's what Mm -hmm. I do for people. And the next step is cultivating your control. Usually anxiety books or anxiety programs start here. They start teaching skills to calm the anxiety. It's third for me (laughs) because we have skills. People have mad skills. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've been, I've been working with people with a, with a modality called narrative therapy and Mm -hmm. we bring out the skills that people already have. People have skills. They wouldn't get to any age. They got to teens, wouldn't get to teenage age Mm -hmm. without having some skills. And so if we teach them skills, we're really not allowing them to feel their own agency about the things that they know or their culture or their family Mm. culture, right? So we're saying the experts know and your family doesn't or something. And so we get out the skills that people already have. So Mm -hmm. when I teach this step, I talk about these 15 common skills and knowledges that my clients have shared with me. And most people could relate to them through the stories. And then you see them in yourself and you Mm -hmm. use them more, right? So so the fourth step is self-forgiveness because Mm. if we don't like ourselves, then we don't trust ourselves and anxiety has power. We have to make peace with ourselves. We can't get rid of our anxiety and still not like ourselves. It just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. You're right. So I I talk people through um, how to forgive themselves and how to let go. Actually, on my website, jodiamon.com slash let go, I have a free MP3 teaching this, teaching people how to ditch toxic stress, how to let go. Um, And I have a three-step process, which, you know, I think a lot of thought leaders are like, you got to let go. And no one knows really exactly how. What does that mean? What does that mean? Right. Yeah, I give really practical steps that people could follow. And it's such a relief to hear Mm. about that and understand it. And then five (laughs) is um, practice daily rituals to help, you know, to to take care of self-care, those things we all know. And number six is... um, is repeat strategic affirmations. So changing Ooh, beliefs. I'm you big know, on we, affirmations. I am big yeah, on we affirmations. we have these beliefs that really keep the anxiety in our life. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, when we think that we just have to change, decide to change the belief, but it's a process. Right. So I teach that step-by-step process, how to use affirmations to gradually mm-hmm. change the beliefs in a way that sticks. Yeah, I think that for me, um, I went through a, dr- a divorce 10 years ago, and um, I 
I was in a very low place in which I, my self-esteem was in the toilet and I really didn't see a, a lot of really good stuff in myself. And mm-hmm. in one of the, in, in working, I, I went to therapy and one of the things that I started doing was affirmations. And to this day, I do the same affirmations. And really at first when someone said, oh, you should do affirmations and, and, and the, the person that I was working with brought those up, I thought, she's crazy. Like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? And, and, but really it started to really reprogram my mind and it take does. me out of the dump. Because, think about all these yeah. negative things. We think them over and over and over again. Absolutely. I mean, anxiety Absolutely. is a broken record. It's like, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Right. So we have to repeat. We have to reprogram. I, I, to. one of the, I actually uh, found an app and it's my favorite thing. I record, so it allows you to record your own voice. Mm. And what I, and so I play it in the mornings and as I'm journaling and I'll, I'll say them with the recording because of course you know they're ingrained in me now and i say them and um maybe someday i'll play them on the podcast for people so they can you know make fun of me but i don't care if you make fun of me it's what works for me right and and it's my beliefs is the beliefs that i i now believe about myself and continue to work on believing it would help so many people if you did that julie well thank you and then i as i continue to journal I have them play in the background and so that as I'm, I'm journaling and planning my day and doing again, going back to the morning routine and those rituals that propel you forward are, are yeah. so key. So, right. but yeah, affirmations you know, are taking great. power over our own mind is so important and it's right. not hard. You know, right. it's just that it's, it's in it and there's practical ways mm-hmm. to do it. And so I think that's what I, that's why people really like me as a teacher. I don't mean to toot no. my own horn, but it's the practical nature of it. You know, like it's not like I'm just saying, horn. thank you. It's not that I'm just saying you got to let go and you got to not worry about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I let people know exactly how and how it works and why it works this way. And right. I think teens need that. Right. Absolutely. They don't want another rule or another person telling them no. what they should do. They want to know why they need to yes. understand why. So they know how to read the world. Then they see another set of rules and they can guess once they know why for this, they could, they could really read past the rule and understand the whys of that rule. And I think that's yeah. so it's, it's important and it's a skill it is is a life skill and i think that in in our world um you know and you allude to this in 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 your tedx that um we had chores right and we we learned tangible skills a lot of times and, and now a lot of kids don't have that and so they're they're missing out in some of the skills that then they can carry over. Yeah, it's great to do laundry, Those but it's a lot. Those builds confidence. Absolutely, and, and builds confidence in kids. And in one of the examples, I, I learned this. I didn't come up with this myself, but I learned this for an organization that I worked with. And and the analogy that in you know skills confidence and motivation are interconnected mm-hmm. if you and, and the analogy is that if you throw a non-swimmer into the deep end of the pool 
they're going to be afraid of, of, of swimming and or the water and not going in. But if you bring them and you start teaching them the swimming skills, like, okay, you're in the shallow end and they become a little more skilled at holding their breath or maybe dog paddling. And then they become a little more motivated. Hey, I know how to do that. Let me go, you know, go in. And then the more confident they become, the more motivated and the more motivated, the more skills they learn until they're, they're definitely swimming back and forth in the pool. But it, it, they're all interconnected, and I think that that's so important to 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 know and to give those skills to to your children. Um, what are daily practices that you would recommend people or or teenagers, for instance, that they should have and incorporate into their lives? Yeah, spending time with happy people, um, mm. learning some breathing or meditation, doing some kind of exercise, getting outside into nature each and every day, trying to do hard things, hard things you don't have to do every day necessarily, but, <laughs> but going outside your comfort zone should be something that you do consistently. You're speaking uh, my language. Healthy. Yeah, yeah. Eating healthy, right? We, we know these things. Right. And, uh, and, but we just think, oh, I'll do that later. Mm, so and that's a later, old. that's a lie, right? Your mind is going to say later and then not prioritize it unless you've created that as a habit. Yes. And so for teens, of course, they might not do all of these things, but mm -hmm. they could do stuff like exercise, you know, mm -hmm. getting some movement each day and spending some time mm -hmm. face to face with people. I mean, or video if, or you video, know, if you're right, still in right. quarantine, right. right? But not not just on video games doing that or not just across mm -hmm. uh, social media, but real with real people. And then, um, yeah, doing doing tedious chores even every day mm -hmm. keeps that resistance down to them. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. I, you, you, you talked about going outside every day during quarantine when we first went in, uh, into lockdown. And because I have an autoimmune, I went in a little earlier than most. And um, I created a protocol for myself. And that was part of my protocol that I needed to go outside um, at least. And it was cold when we first started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're in Rochester, so it's cold by you too. But I... I tend to, when it's cold, although I enjoy being in a four-season climate, sometimes you get comfortable with like, oh, it's too cold to go outside. But I've made it a point to actually go outside because it does shift your brain and, and it does mm -hmm. uh, give me a, a better sense um, of, of what's going on and kind of breaking up the, the, the day, too. Yeah, breathing that fresh air. You know, years ago, maybe about 10 or 12 years ago, I started walking through the winter mm. and it changed my relationship with winter. You know, I dressed really warm, you know, right, good right, yeah, I got to get good boots, you know, right. if you have good boots and mm -hmm. sometimes I wear snow pants, but a good coat and a hat. Now I don't even wear snow pants, even when it's really cold. Right. Because if you're moving, if you're walking, you're, right. you warm yourself up. It's hard, you know, you don't sit outside and do that. sit. I, ha yeah, I, I always tell people that I'd say, you know, I'd rather live in a cold climate than a warm climate, because in a cold climate, you dress appropriately and you can get warm. Whereas a warm climate, you're naked and you're still hot. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't like either extreme, but like you deal with it. But, yeah. you know, if you were outside and cold, and you're like, oh, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, right? it's cold. You know, it's you're constricted. Right. You know, the thing you're thinking is that you're unsafe. You're um, yeah. You're you're at risk, expanse you're vulnerable, on that. Yeah. Right. And so if you're repeating that stuff, so if you go outside, it could be the same temperature, and you just mm -hmm. kind of relax your body, and you think, all right, this isn't hurting me. It's the idea of it hurting right. you. Again, your brain is a powerful, powerful thing. So powerful. 
I saw a documentary, and this is before COVID. Um, I, where was I? I might have been in Atlanta in, in, at the beginning of the year, January, February, and it was the Goop Lab. I don't know if you saw it, but, you know, the Gwyneth Paltrow documentary. Mm-hmm. And she tested extreme practices and or I'm not describing it correctly but one of the things that the episode was on uh, the people that go swimming in extreme frigid waters and the way that they walked the participants through this is that it was just training your mind and mm-hmm. doing some breathing exercises and just really, is it cold? Sure. But your mind then goes away from uh, trying to uh, save your life, right? From the saber tooth tiger to just adapting. And I think that that's a little bit of what we need to try to do every day is like you said, get out of our comfort zone. Yes. And this could be just turning that shower to cold for a few minutes at the end of each shower. You I do, do get used to it. I do. And, you know, uh, um, I, I haven't committed to this yet. I have to be honest, but it's, it's like later, uh, <laughs> right, right, later. <laughs> but at first it's hard and then it gets a lot easier because you get used to it. And, and I know I have a lot of uh, friends who do that, who, you know, swim in the cold yeah. or they go in the be on purpose because it really builds their body up in, mm. in good ways. And um, yeah, I'm not on that. I am on the bandwagon and I haven't put my money where my mouth is though. I do believe in it. And uh, yeah, so I'll integrate it someday. That's, that's <laughs> I awesome. Really I promise. Oh, uh, I, I believe it because I think that you're doing some wonderful work and you, and like all of us, right. We continue to evolve in everything that we do. Um, Jody, you, you can't do it all at once. You no, can't we do can't. everything we at can't. once. Not at all. Who influenced <laughs> you? Who, who was the biggest influence in your life? Hmm, that's really hard. I, you know, one of my favorite books is Anna Frank. I mean, just seeing oh, the, the yeah. beauty in, um, in such horrible times is mm-hmm. so inspirational to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, reading about Nelson Mandela, just loving his guards and how they really transformed them. I could really see, yeah. I mean, that's just beautiful. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I, I it's, it's hard to know because I feel like there's so many, and, yep. and then also, you know, you know, sometimes when you're little, you, oh, I know, Leo Biscaglia. Oh, like, that's awesome. Love him. Love that. You know, that book, I read that book, Love, when I was in high school. And it's like, mm. you know, hold someone's hand. And I'm like, okay, I've dedicated my life to holding people's hands, to just being with them mm. and, and being okay if they're in pain and not trying to fix it. And that That's transforms hard. people so much. That's yeah, hard. so I just love love him. I want to say Carolyn Mace. I don't know what she's up to now. Um, oh, mm-hmm. Richard Rohr, love him. But Carolyn Mace, you know, said a long time ago, you know, a lot of sensitive people are like, I can't watch the news. I'm too sensitive. And, mm-hmm. and she was speaking to healers and she said, um, who better than you? better than you because you Mm. need to to be able to process this to be strong enough to process this because you need to change things right and so that you know with my anxiety back then when Mm -hmm. i first heard this i was like i gotta protect myself from all this negativity and it's like bs you know sorry in some ways is like we need to you know there needs to be people that have that uh, strength to be able to do that. And it's, and it's just a mind switch, right? Right. Absolutely. That that I have the strength to do that instead of it hurts me. Right. And that, and then I could use that strength to then change the world. 
And so um, I think that's especially important right now for us to think about the people that are that have the capacity to uh, spread love or lead that we need to be the ones that um, that we can't try to protect ourselves from from negativity. I think that, and, and I think that this is a reality of our world, right? I think that, that, that with every good, there's going to be something opposite and trying to not, uh, be aware of it or, or understand it, then we are doing it the service to ourselves because we need to really be in tune with, um, like for instance, the conversations right now that are going on, people are turning off the news. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Oh, but so I, I said to somebody, um, you know, and I not to get too deep into that, but why there's an intrinsic pain and an intrinsic um, feeling within someone that is leading them to, you know, go above a uh, protest, right? And go in, 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 in what is causing that? And I think that awareness and questioning, I, uh, I've been leading a meditation group in the mornings. And one of the things that I said to them is, People think that being mindful is being in the present, and that's great, but the mindfulness goes above and beyond. It's really deep diving into understanding the thoughts, how our mind is is processing the thoughts, and being aware. Like, this, um, I'm thinking this thought. It's not, okay, what kind of thought? Is it a judgment? Is it um, a fear? Like You're feeling fear, but what's causing the fear? Um, and, like, my dog is in the present every day when he's outside sniffing around, right? but he's not practicing mindfulness and he's in the presence. So I think that that's what separates mm-hmm. us and, the, and as humans, we have to look at it and, 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 and be open to learning from the experiences, which is key. So right, I, right. I it's I such a luxury that. to just turn off the news. And, and it was something I was advising people early in the mm-hmm. quarantine because they were, um, you know, the, there was just a lot of repeating stuff. Right, of course. So you don't need to hear about how many hospitalizations are read, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, we need to take control of our days and do stuff. Now I'm the opposite. I'm like, yes, take it in because there's a lot to learn right now. And don't turn, you know, don't turn it right. off because we want you to, to activate and do something. Right. And I think that activating your mind is what creates solutions too, right? I think uh, when we don't, challenge our minds that we become complacent and you know what i see actually is when people don't challenge their minds they actually have more anxiety because our brains are really evolved to problem mm-hmm. solve right and we've had to for two million years we're hunters mm-hmm. and gatherers we had to uh, solve problems all day long and do chores and figure things out and so now we don't have that as much i think that's right. a big problem and so our mind has such a huge capacity to right. do things and when we don't have anything to do uh, it goes to the negative or tries to find a problem and so that's a, a, a huge thing and so if if people are feeling like oh there's this discord then do something you know then then take some kind of action that is mindfulness too you know to to, yes. to um to understand that that you have that sovereign power to to do something and not feel helpless when people feel helpless mm-hmm. you know their anxiety is going to go up and so that's um 
Right. And I think that just that helplessness, your brain, you can train your brain to say, what can I do? Not not saying what can I do, but how can I do something and creating that question because our brain works like a computer. And Mm -hmm. if we just put in the right question is going to give us the right answer, but we have right. to do that. And, and, and that's very important. But if we um, put in the question that anxiety is asking, like, right. You know, and, and, like, um, how can I keep thinking about this? Like, what's wrong? Why can I keep, why can't I stop thinking about this? Why can't I stop thinking about this? That's not a question. It's just anxiety right. BS stuff, you know, right. it's a lie that and it's that's like, the lie it's important that for me to figure about. it out. Right. This is kind of what's important for me to figure out. Like why, I'm feeling this way. This is is the thing is that a lot of people say, you know, fear is a message. So get the message, but sometimes that's um, taken too far by Mm -hmm. people then who get hooked on it and think that that's, and and so it, it, you know, it's good in some ways, but then people keep getting hooked on that. So when the anxiety comes back, they think that they have to look into that fear again, and then they just engage in the anxiety again, you know, once you get the message and clear Right. Once you get the message and clear it, then you just have to not engage in that chatter anymore. Right. What are some tools that you you would say to the woman who um, is anxious and is sort of caught up and doesn't know how to identify, right? Like the lies that anxiety is telling them, but is looking to become more confident. What would you say to that woman? Well, first, I, you know, I would have them read, uh, read my book. You Want Anxiety Zero really outlines like 15 common lies and it really helps people see them. Mm-hmm. So once you start to see what they are, you realize it's not your wise, you know, there's like anxiety voice and then you're, there's your wide, wise voice. And I help people distinguish them because a lot of times anxiety lies and it sounds so logical. Always. Like this could happen, but it could but, but what if it does happen? Well, there's a lot of things that could happen and you're just worried about this one thing. That's how you know it's a lie. They're like, it's not a lie. It could. Well, it's a, it's a lie because it's saying this is important to worry about and, these, and not saying these other things, which are equally a chance to happen. You know, That's how we know. So understanding that. But the best tool that I feel in helping somebody build their confidence is make a commitment each day. So decide that you're going to do something for five minutes a day, whatever it is, if it's deep breathing or watch a candle or listen to a guided meditation Mm. or write in your journal or take a walk. So it could be five, 10 minutes. It doesn't matter, but it has to be something doable. It has to be something that you could achieve. And if you, if you do it each day, then you could count on yourself. Right. So then you're now you're dependable. You right. you said you'd do something and you did it. That's all like this is mentally, this is what we want to see that we could do and something it's building we put that our confidence minds. again. It's, it builds the confidence. Builds this the is confidence, the best right? way to build confidence is to commit to something small each day and you can build from there or do something hard. That's how you build confidence up. And with my clients, I have them at in the evening uh, write down three things they accomplished that day because we're mm-hmm. such a deficit mentality. We think of right. all things that we don't get to, mm-hmm. and that's so present in our mind, all of yeah. our deficits and inadequacies. Mm-hmm. And so we need to retrain ourselves to to celebrate our, our achievements no matter how little. No matter how, yeah, my, you know, my mentor no talks about, my mentor talks about uh, what is it 1% that you could do better? 
And what is one thing that you did right? And in yeah, incorporating really that practice what you did. has been really changing for me and in, in the evolution of what changing. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that um, I also heard, I think it was on, on, Oh, because I'm a podcast junkie. So I, I was listening to, uh, Gretchen Rubin and she has two podcasts, mm-hmm. but the one that she does with her sister Elizabeth and they were talking about Tadas rather than to do. People make a to do mm-hmm. list, but you really should have a Tada list. So at the end of the day, you're like, Tada! I got it done, right? So uh, that's been a concept that spoke to me a lot. And every once in a while, when I need a boost, I'm like, okay, I need to make a to-da list for the day because I exactly I say write down three things. Yeah, we we promote these uh, gratitude lists, and I think they're Mm -hmm. beautiful too. But you don't have any like agency in that. A lot of times, you can say the sunset or the pretty flower. Mm. That's beautiful. It's good to think about what you're grateful for. But I do so three grateful for, and then three things that you. Three tadas, three things oh, that you achieved gonna, that day. I'm going to have to really shoot for doing that one every day. Then I think that that's a great yeah. tip. I at love least it. do it every day for a few months, and then okay. you just see it all day. You just see all your achievements as it goes because mm-hmm. you're just aware. It's just bringing that awareness in. It's bringing that awareness, and changing the way you look at everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, me celebrating the things I get done, man. It's 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 what I think this is this one of the single most reasons why I'm so happy. That's great. I think that happiness is definitely, again, something that comes and it's an inside job. And it's because we are working on ourselves and working on the things that really rewire our brain and focuses on what serves us as opposed to, you know, the things that we can't control. And I think that that's part of the anxious society I see, right? Women are, oh, my kid, my this, my that. And and there's a lot of things that, you know, you're you're focusing on that, again, it's that lie. Anxiety is lying to you, telling you stories. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's personified. It helps us. It takes it outside of us because Mm. anxiety is one of those things that we like think it's us. Like we use it for our identity, you know? And so, um, so the book's called my, my new book for teenagers is Mm -hmm. called anxiety. I'm so done with you. So right away from the title, I'm, I'm taking it out. Even with the U1 anxiety zero, I'm taking it outside the person And the subtitle is A Teen's Guide to Ditching Toxic Stress and Hardwiring Your Brain for Happiness. So yeah, we seem really aligned in what we're talking about. And you have activities with journal prompts, which I love because I think that the journal prompts are important. I am a proponent of writing and in this day and age, and and I think... um, when I'm when I'm working and my husband and I teach middle school Sunday school, we haven't met them and, and seen them in a long time. But one of the things that uh, kids hate to write nowadays, yeah, just because they're so uh, accustomed to using their devices or typing. But I I would recommend that uh, you know any parent who really wants to help and support their child take them back to the practice of just writing because it is that pen to paper that has power also for your brain. And I love that you've incorporated journal prompts in there. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And most of them are like make a list. So it's not, you know, it's, it, they're not work, right. but it's, but you know, writing makes us a witness to ourselves, which is the Ooh. same kind of reason why mindfulness works so well. I love uh, that. A us, witness like, to yourself. Yeah, it takes you <gasps> kind of away from the chaos of, of what's going on and the emotion of it, and you become a witness, and it trains that stream of consciousness, that memory system. Um, 
to uh, to come online and is our best tool mm-hmm. for healing. I mean, that's why mindfulness works so much. That's, oh my gosh, I, that's going to be another quotable that I will give you credit for, but I love it. That's so wonderful. Now, as most of us, and, and, and we've talked about a little bit of Tadas, but obviously you're human, I'm human. We all have areas in which we, we tried something and maybe we failed. What are some failures that propelled you and what did you learn from some of the big failures that you have encountered? You know, um, it's to everything. Like I love making mistakes. I learned so much from them, but it's mm-hmm. interesting because when, when you ask that question, you know, nothing comes up big because I've done so much work letting go of those things. It's not that I don't remember them. Right, it's right. Just so they don't have the energy, so they don't feel big anymore. You know, big is kind of relative, right? So yeah, I've, um, you know, I've said the wrong thing to people. Um, I've, you know, I've um, made choices that I wish I could go back and, and make them differently in a new time. But I think it's important to reflect on them and realize what you would do differently. You know, guilt has a really strong purpose and it brings our attention to something mm-hmm, right. so that we can decide to do differently. So, um, you know, uh, I, you know, when I was young, I did participate in, in leaving a woman out. You know, my mm-hmm. friend and I, she, we just stopped talking to her. I don't even remember why, but I saw her again when I was older and I, uh, I reached out to her to apologize. Now we're on mm-hmm. Facebook, you know, right, right. and I reached out to apologize to her for what we did to her. Um, when we were in a, that's grade. a lot of power. That's a lot of yeah. power. And, you know, um, and my friend didn't want to do it. You know, I reached out to her and I said, my other friend, and I said, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to go to, I'm not going to say her name, but I want to go to her and, and tell her that we're sorry for what happened. She's like, it was a long time ago. Like, get over it. Well, like the friend who did it with me. Right, right. And I was like, if Pete sticks with people, I'm a th- family therapist. Mm. Like, I know these things stick with people. I, I have to. Time. I and have it's to incredibly tell you, healing, yeah. even if it's later. Definitely. It is incredibly healing. I actually, I was just telling, my husband and I were going back and forth last night. Um, and it's funny you say that because I, I don't even know how we got into the conversation, but somehow I got. And this is a memory that I had not thought about in forever. But I remember in sixth grade, I changed schools. I finished sixth grade in El Salvador. And when I moved to Miami, my mom felt that I was too young to go into um, middle school, to go into seventh grade. I was very young and naive and we were in a very sheltered life. So I went to sixth grade again. And I thought I, I was always into, you know, being a leader and being up front. I had a lot of friends. So I really thought I was well liked with, with the group of girls and, and I was confident in myself and until I heard them talking about me. And I remember the, my sixth grade self, like for, a part of the remainder of the school year, I I withdrew and I wouldn't yeah. really, and, and that wasn't really true to me. And it wasn't until I went to another school and I sort of evolved, but it's funny how you hang on to little memories. So I appreciate that you went back because I think that it does something to people and it's something that whether they think about it or not. And, and I don't know if I would have remembered a week ago, but somehow, you know, something triggered that memory. But I, I think that there's power in that. There is power in learning from where we didn't show up as our best and how to be able to do it moving forward. So and we should go back. And if, so if there's mm-hmm. any experience in your past that you feel and you could feel guilty about it, but like do, do something, 
you know, propel that guilt into doing something, either pay it forward or go back. I think it's really, was really powerful for me. Mm -hmm. And Um, and and looking back to these girls, like I think that they will probably hurt themselves, right? Because bullies, that's what they do. They bully because they have stuff that they themselves are dealing with and insecurities. So uh, this is a powerful conversation. It's so amazing because you, you're such a wealth of knowledge and I'm, I'm into the brain science. I'm into everything that you're talking about. It's so up my alley and people need to get to know you because you have lots of resources. Where do you see yourself and what are some of the goals that you're working toward? I know you're launching the book. It's coming out in July, but where are you going next? Well, you know, I mean, the speaking uh, engagements kind Mm -hmm. of fell off with this coronavirus. So we'll see when those kind of conferences and that comes Mm -hmm. back on or being able to do trainings in schools. But I, um, you know, I really want to get this book in school curriculums. I think it's going to be really important. In the We're going to have class. to talk offline because I may oh, be God. able to connect you with that. Okay, that'd be uh, lovely. I am a big proponent of this. And I think that, and, and again, I think that this is one of the things that really spoke to me about connecting with you because through doing so, some of the social emotional learning trainings that I did, I really feel that schools need to address this more so than yeah. they're doing right now. Yeah. And they and need the to have the right have tools. Been. In New York State, the health yeah. classes have been right. doing a whole unit on mental health. And so if they're looking for resources, mm-hmm. like I, it'd be great if every kid um, read this book in high school and they'd get so much out of it. It's just understanding yeah. what's going on. And I think there's not yeah. people teaching them this is what's happening. They're no, saying, and- oh, this is a, 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 you know, a, a chemical imbalance in your mind and you just mm-hmm. have to deal with it. Right. It's not really it's, what's happening. <laughs> it's not really what's happening. And I think that the, and, and it just as an FYI, <clears throat> and for people who um, maybe have kids in schools and there is funding set aside in schools and well, not in all schools, but it, there's federal funding if your district uh, um, qualifies for to be set aside for these type of programs to be incorporating. So okay, if anybody is really interested, they can check out, they can reach out to me and I can give them information. This is really right up my jam. But, but uh, I believe that the other thing in, in, in working with social emotional learning and the skills, the resiliency, the relationship skills, um, identifying yourself and being self-aware, all of these things are great to be able to teach to our kids kids in in the schools and should be taught as part of curriculum but more importantly i will tell you that the one thing that i feel strongly about too is that this is the work too that should happen with the educators too because if an educator is pouring from an empty cup they are, mm-hmm. are, are they themselves are not um, modeling the behavior for the kids yeah. and the same thing for parents. Like if you're, I if you it. are stressed out as a parent and you're telling your kid, Oh, you should do this. You should not be anxious, but you yourself are sitting around at night, really worried about things and not, not processing these feelings. You're not modeling uh, exactly. and, and helping them walk through. So, that's, so I feel dedicated to teens, their parents and their helpers, because I think we need to all be, you know, all be working on this together in our own self and, and to really support them. But thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad to talk about my work and to let people know that I'm out there. You know, I I could come and do trainings or get my book or come take my programs because I do have so much resources. I also have a YouTube channel. I have over 200 videos on there that that are free also for people. So come hang out with me. I do a live Facebook live coaching every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And so you could, on well, right now it's on Facebook and I'm going to try to multi-stream, but 
Uh, I haven't found yeah, the right so, platform. So, uh, there, I don't know if you've checked out StreamYard. StreamYard is a great platform to be able to okay. do that. So you can you can broadcast you. to different platforms. And uh, I know my okay. friend uh, Michelle Cunningham, who was one of the guests in the podcast, actually uses that very successfully. And it's great to be able to create content and, and live yeah. stream it to multiple mu- multiple platforms. Exactly. And I think that what exactly. you're doing to reach out and really support, it's an intricate chain, right? The parents, yes. the students the kids and how they yes. connect so that's great um thank you i i love again uh, jody you you are gifted you are giving a lot of support systems out there and thank you for creating that content and people really should not you know walk but really pre-order the book get yourself yes. this already i'm gonna you know we're probably not airing this until right when you when you're releasing the book and i'm gonna look at that calendar and hopefully coincide with the release so that people it's fresh in their mind and go out yeah, it comes and, out july 7th but it hits oh, retail stores okay. before so if people okay. pre-order then okay. uh it'll show up before july 7th so we're That's, on it's ready i love it Thank you for all the work that you're doing, Jody. You you're are a messing. You're a confident dreamer. You're teaching people how to be confident through overcoming some of the anxiety and giving them some very tangible tools. So I appreciate you. And keep Thank you keep so doing much. the work. And I'm going to go out and walk in the winter and embrace Excellent. the winters more than I have in the last couple of years. So Excellent. Thank you so much, Julie. It's so great to be on here and talk to you today. Great. Thank you again for visiting Casa de Confidence. Have a great day. Julie, what's the day today? <clears throat> September 13th. Oh. We we missed Jody's book launch by a couple months. Because I knew that as the uncertainty of going back to school and people trying to figure out what was going on, it would be better served to share with people the tools that Jody is sharing now as opposed to in july when nobody was really thinking or knowing what was going to happen but do you know what what this is good news for everybody why you don't have to wait for the book to be launched you don't have to wait it is available it is available now along with all the tools that jody mentioned she has over 200 videos for free that you can watch on youtube yeah i would say start with her ted talk because it's really funny and good start with the ted talk so Um, She has that and the live coaching. On Facebook on Mondays at 11 a.m. Have you you checked it? I have a class. I I actually have a coaching call already scheduled for 11 a.m. on Mondays. Well, I'm wondering if her schedule may have changed a little bit on that. Well, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's changed a little bit. Maybe she's on more platforms. She is phenomenal, though. I really enjoyed talking to her. It was incredible. It was such a great interview. And I know I say that a lot. Such a positive person and great mindset. Wonderful teacher, for sure. Incredible. Mm -hmm. So, check out Jody. Check out Jody. Amen. Amen. And uh, check out what she has to offer. That's Um, correct, people. That's right. Especially now. I mean, I know students at home, parents at home teachers mm-hmm. uh, they need a little extra help everyone really um there's so many resources out there it is a shame if you're not 
taking advantage of everything that is out there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. So, Enneagram. <laughs> Enneagram. Oh, you promised that we'd speak about the Enneagram. Yes. Who are you in the Enneagram? What am I? Who am I? Me? Yeah. Or are you talking about the listeners? You. Me. I don't know. Yeah. Why don't you tell me? Well, I can't tell you. You have to take the test. I think I can take... Um, I can take... Which a... is the Enneagram? Is it the... I know I'm a ENFJ. That's the Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs, yo. I've taken okay. the Enneagram. I don't remember what it is, though. I don't remember what I... Okay, am. I'm going to give you the nine different types. And I'm going to give you a little description on each. Okay. And don't assume you know who you are. Okay. Just by the names. Okay. First is the reformer. Nope. The rational, <laughs> idealistic type. Principle, purpose... Self-control and perfectionist. Nope. The helper. The caring, interpersonal type. The monstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and positive. Can I help you read that a little bit? Okay. The achiever. (laughs) (laughs) The success-oriented, pragmatic type. Adaptive. Excelling, driven, and image conscious. I'm not driven because I know I'm better than anyone else at everything I do. Okay. See, the first time that I took was the a joke. test. That was a joke. I know. The okay. first time I took the test, it said. Wait a minute. Said, you didn't go through all the types. Okay. You just, she, she, she just wants to get around to what she is. <laughs> I'm just sharing. And based on her personality type, that I would ex- that explain. See? It said I was an achiever. And the second time I took the test, it said I was something else. So here we are. Okay. Number four, the individualist. Ooh. The sensitive, withdrawn type. Expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Kind of like Daria. Remember Daria, the cartoon Daria? No. Back on MTV. No. Back in MTV's height. I didn't really watch MTV. I thought it was a waste of time. Anyway, the loyalist. Okay, wait. I will have to say I did watch Road Rules, and what was the one where they lived in the house? Really? Okay, that one I watched. The one that lived in the house. I mean yeah. the original reality show on TV. Mm-hmm. What's it called? I don't remember. That's why I'm asking you. Come on. Okay. I'll let you think just a little. All bit. right, the loyalist. The committed, security-oriented, engaging, responsive, anxious, and suspicious. The enthusiast. The busy, fun-loving type. Spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. The challenger. The powerful, dominating type. Self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. The peacemaker. The easygoing, self-affecting type. The receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. That's pretty much me. You could be either the helper or the I'm, peacemaker. I'm helper, peacemaker. That's kind so of So you could my... be one type and have wings of other things. But I, I don't know. So I don't, I, I mean, don't. I was taking a little, you know how you do like little workshops or whatever. I've been um, chosen for committees at jobs because you're the helper i was the peacemaker 
So here's the In thing. The past, you have know. a basic personality type, right? Mm-hmm. And that's your center. And then there ha- you have the wings of your personality. And then depending on what is going on, you can, you know, ugh, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. So look, you could be a nine and your wings could be a six or a three. So if you're a nine, what did I tell you you were? What type did I tell you you were? You didn't give me a number. Okay. So the peacemaker, is that what I said? Right? The peacemaker. Okay. So if you are a peacemaker and we're talking in. Okay. So if you're a peacemaker, your wings could be the loyalist, which is a committed, security oriented, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Do they actually call them wings? Yeah. They call them wings. Really? Yeah. So then. Whoa. If you are so, then the Lord, so you can be a nine widow. By, by the way, we are we are broadcasting from the turnpike, the highway. Really? Uh, okay, and then and maybe you don't even hear the cars. No, maybe not. Okay, so, but it, so like I was saying, you're so yeah. I think that this is totally you. Look, you could be a nine with a six and a three wing. Okay. Now I, 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 I'm a seven. You're seven? Yeah. Oh. Which I already said, but you weren't paying attention. So okay. we can I know on. you're a seven. I'm either a seven or a three. So I'm a nine. I don't... You have to take the test. I'm, nearly, I'm not diagnosing you. I'm nearly a ten. I'm Bodiric. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, and by the way... Yes. What's the reality series on MTV? The Royal Rules. Royal Rules is the second one. I don't know. The Housemates... The real world. Oh, the real world. Oh, there you go. It was coming mm. back to me. It was... It's all coming back to me now. You're singing again. By the oh, way, I get, you know what, again. today? What uh, is today? I wanted to... Not, well, not today, but I wanted to say that I got a beautiful card in the mail. Who's it from? It's from my friend Maggie. Let me see. Oh, you don't read it because I don't want to I'm not going to read it. I don't want to embarrass her. But it's very beautiful watercolor looking. Yeah. Looking. Oh, she's got a very fancy, swoopy handwriting. Maggie, I'm not reading it. Just so you know. But it's she not my business. Sent me a, I just think it's very well, swoopy. A lot of hearts. She sent me beautiful sentiments. And she said that she loved me and she's proud of me. And you know what, people? Life is too short. Go out and encourage somebody. Mm-hmm. And as you're making your list of gratitude, also go back and like Jody in our podcast said, make a list and look at the things that you did right in your life. Because sometimes we spend so much time not paying attention to the good that we do, hmm. that it's easy for us to let our inner critic take hold of us. So... That's all I've got for today. That's all you have? That's all I got. <clears throat> Do you have anything you need to talk about? Is there anything that people need to be aware of this week? So here's one thing that I will encourage you to do also, if you don't already do so. Make your bed every day. It's delightful. When you come to bed at night and your bed is made, it, it just like brings a smile to your face if you make your bed every day. 
when you walk upstairs and yeah it's made yeah it is kind of nice isn't it it is nice anyway keep an eye on social media that's right messages from casa de confidence and go confidently coaching and julie deluca collins your podcast host and occasionally dan collins hashtag Handsome, handsome hot, hot husband. husband. <laughs> By the way, Dan, if you didn't Starting catch our live it. yesterday, yes, Dan, when we were on our Facebook live yesterday, Dan was being reproachful of the fact reproachful? that yeah, he does not get billing on the podcast. I do not get billing on this podcast. And he works very hard for it. So I just want to acknowledge him because he works very hard. Yeah. Thank you, honey. You're welcome, boo-boo. That's still not billing, though. <laughs> <laughs> welcome gonna... to the Cause of the Confidence podcast, a podcast for women. And I am your host, Julie Luca Collins, with my sidekick. Dan Collins. Hashtag handsome hot husband. There you go. That's me. That's your billing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work that back into the theme song. Yeah, the you do that. So. Perfect. Anyway. I hope everyone has a great week. I hope you enjoyed the show and go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.